Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. As you listen to us all over the country, just know that the easiest way to find out when we're on and where we're on and how to hear the show is just go to iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And you can click on the podcast, the rebroadcast, the archives, or listen live if you happen to be tuning in at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time. Always check out our website. Lots of changes going on out there. And every sign up for the podcast email, and every week we'll send you the links to all the shows so you can click on the ones that you've missed. But it's a great resource out there. Just remember, your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you, me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. And you may be their only chance. You know, 60 years ago, 50 years ago, 40, even 20 years ago, we wouldn't be having today's conversation. Women have risen to the ranks of all level, levels of society in the United States of America, and deservedly so. Likely one of the next few presidents will be an amazing woman. Well, let's hope she loves Jesus, too. In the past, why are my, my guest is laughing. I'll get her asked that question in a minute. In the past, the focus on equipping the saints for defending the faith has been poured into the hearts and minds of men. Where they got that idea, I don't know, but when you look at the influence of women in our societies for 6,000 years, women have raised and influenced every child that's ever been born. Why haven't we equipped them to train up our children to defend the faith? Why haven't we focused on equipping women to defend the faith and lead in our churches, companies, communities, and country? I don't know the answers, but I have uncovered a ministry that is focused on equipping women not only to defend their faith in Jesus, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and our Heavenly Father, but also be able to do so in threatening and hostile environments, like the workplace. Here today to talk about this amazing ministry called Women in Apologetics, Rachel Shockey. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks for having me, Jim. I'm excited. Are you? Okay, now I want to know what the giggle was. Why? Why? Why, when I said that I believe one of the next couple of presidents will be an amazing woman, and hopefully she loves Jesus at the same time, why'd you laugh? Well, I don't think myself I would necessarily, but I definitely think some of the women that I know would definitely be able to do that. They have the, the stamina. So, Well, I wasn't saying you were going to be the next president. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's going to be an amazing... I just... Oh, yes, we were I close. We were close. We were close to getting... I mean, there's there's amazing women that have run for president. Mm-hmm. In fact, Michelle Bachman is now talking about running for Al Franken's seat in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which would be fantastic. Cause, but she said, I just don't know because D.C. is one of the most toxic places in the world to live out a biblical worldview. That's what she said this week when considering taking Al Franken's mm-hmm. plot. I, I, I just, that's great. I, she is a really, really neat woman. Having grown up in Minnesota, that, that's one of my things. Okay, Rachel, we're here to talk about women in apologetics. We're here to talk about the defending our faith and the equipping of women to, to defend that faith wherever they go. But before we, before we get to that conversation, when you, you know, we've met before, we've spent some time getting to know each other. How does the message, the, the, the term, I work for him, resonate with you? Yeah, it, it really resonates with me because I think it really speaks into kind of our mission, our mission as uh, uh, women in apologetics. Uh, one, it it really helps us to um, focus on um, how to 
do it well, how to witness well in the workplace. And I think one of the biggest obstacles for people witnessing in the workplace is fear. You know, a lot of times we have fear of, oh, I don't know the answer to that question. Or, uh, what you know, what if they ask me a question I, and I can't give the answer? Or um, I'm scared to uh, because maybe if I share my faith, maybe I'll get fired because I shared my faith. Um, there's just all kinds of different fears that we may have that prevent us from, from sharing our faith in the workplace. So, but we know, you know, from, from 2 Timothy 1, uh, 7, that God says that he did not give us a spirit of fear uh, and, or cowardice, as uh, other versions call it, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And one of the ways that we have self-discipline is through apologetics and loving God, not just uh, with our heart, you know, our our body, you know, our heart, souls, but with our minds. Um, so that's why this this ministry resonates with me is because we're helping to equip people at how to effectively share their faith in the workplace. Well, and I, I believe Martha got this verse off the website or somewhere in there, but it's the second Timothy two fifteen to go to another Timothy verse, mm-hmm. be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman or workwoman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. How does women in apologetics complete that mission? Accurately handling the truth. Yeah, it's WIA's mission to equip, educate, and encourage women uh, to develop an evidential faith and to love God with our minds. So this verse speaks right to the heart of our apologetics ministry, too, because it's, you know, just to remind our audience, too, who may not be familiar with what apologetics, what it means, but it comes from the Greek apologia, um, and it comes from, most notably, First uh, Peter 3.15, when P- the Apostle Paul says, always be prepared to give a reason, that word in the Greek is apologia, for the hope that you have in Christ. And so, um, you know, we, we are supposed to be every believer, man and woman, prepared to share our faith. So developing a reasoned defense of the gospel is part of how we can be diligent in presenting ourselves as, as Christians who are accurately handling the word of truth. All right. So you said we, uh, women in apologetics. Mm. I just want to make sure people, because you did that whole, you know, make it an acronym thing people can find out a lot more about women and apologetics online at women and all right let's just let's take a step back uh, because uh, we've already had a lot of deep conversations i want people to know because i ask this question of almost every guest how did you come to be a christ follower so i was raised in a christian home but like most people uh i started to struggle in my youth sure um you know i i was wondering is the faith of my parents my faith? Not that faith. you're strong-willed or anything like that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, actually, quite quite strong-willed. Um, my parents can attest to that. So they called uh, in <laughs> earlier and said, "Watch out!" Right. So I, you know, I had a lot of emotional doubts, uh, particularly with the problem of evil, and then there were just intellectual doubts that kind of came on top of those. And it was really the mentorship of my my pastor's wife and a book I read which was by Josh McDowell called Don't Check Your Brains at the Door, that really helped to answer some of those emotional doubts and those intellectual doubts. Um, and it was... So you were a deep thinker even as a kid and as a teenager. Yeah, um, not until I hit my teenage years. But yeah, I, I mean, that book kind of got me started. Um, and Josh McDowell wrote so many great yeah. books on apologetics. I yes. mean, evidence that demands a verdict, one. And two, I mean, and, and now the combined volume. Correct, yeah, with his son. Yeah, and he's yeah. one of my professors too. So. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, about 16 was when I um, I was started to get really spiritually passionate about about Christ. But it wasn't until college that I became really intellectually passionate about it. So. so how did your faith in Christ impact your educational training? 
Yeah, so my um, my I had a term that I spent abroad at Oxford, um, and that was actually the pivotal moment in my life with regard to my education and, and uh, my spiritual life because I encountered a lot of different people there of very you know different worldviews who were not scared to ask me questions. The problem was I didn't have reasonable answers for them. Um, so it kind of scared me not being able to um, – give reasonable answers for these really good objections. And some of the objections were being brought forth by Christians, not just, you know, people of different worldviews. So um, I left Oxford really passionate to know why I believe what I believe. And I, I you know, I said to myself, there've got to be good answers out there, objectable, uh, you know, objective reasons. Uh, Cause I had experiential reasons, you know, my testimony, the things that God had done in my life right. uh, through the Holy spirit, but I needed more reasons uh, to be able to uh, give uh, objective reasons, basically. To be able to defend your faith to people who Correct. couldn't, who wouldn't necessarily believe that you, or didn't know you before or after Jesus. Correct, and that, yeah. That comparison. And, and some people, you know, they need some of those objections cleared <laughs> before they can even consider the gospel uh, message because, you know, there are all kinds of different things, especially like the problem of evil. Like, why would a good God allow evil? Um, now, obviously, if you tell someone, read the Bible, specifically read the New Testament. If you don't, if you're not saved by reading it the first time, by the second time you read it, you'll probably be saved (laughs) because the Holy Spirit does its work through through the scripture. Um, But there are great reasons we can give outside of that to support and bolster our faith. But the power is in the scriptures. When we come back, lots more with Rachel Shockey as we talk about women in apologetics today. And you may go, Jim, come on, it's a workplace ministry show. What do we talk about apologetics for? I'll tell you why. Because in your workplace, you need to know how to defend your faith. And as Christ followers, every day we're supposed to be learning new things about our Heavenly Father, about our faith and where it comes from. That, And we need to be reading our Bibles. We need to be reading, really, the books that have been written by the defenders of our faith over hundreds of years. Why? Because they already were old when they wrote them. And they'd figured out a bunch of stuff. And then they died out. We don't need to refigure it out. It's already there. But we need to know how to defend our faith because our faith is extraordinarily defendable. Easily defendable, but we need to know how to defend it. We no longer are mamby bamby weenie butt Christians going to lead people to Christ in the workplace because people are going to see that you've got pathetic faith that you don't know how to defend it. They're going to go, wow, you don't know anything. Why would I? Why? Why would I follow your Jesus? No, we got to know how to defend our faith. Get your nose in your Bible this weekend. Start this year. If you want to know how to get through the Bible, go to the online or to your local Christian retailer. Buy a one-year chronological Bible, New Living Translation, because it's easy to read. Start that thing right away. It is going to open your eyes in a way to the Scriptures that you never even thought imaginable. All right, we're talking about women in apologetics today. An organization designed to equip women in apologetics. Imagine that. Womeninapologetics.com. We've got the president of Women in Apologetics on the line, Lori Stewart. Welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy, but I really wanted to make sure that our I Work For Him audience, which is all over the world, found out about your organization because so many people really, really need to know the stuff that you guys teach and equip ladies with all over the world. Talk to me, Lori. How do, what does your workplace, your daily ministry place look like? Okay, so let me tell you, Jim, I am a lawyer, but don't hold it against me. I know that many lawyers... Cut do... the microphone. Cut the microphone. <laughs> I know many have uh, a bad reputation, and quite honestly, there are some lawyers that have 
some questionable ethics. And so as a lawyer and a mediator and a Christian conciliator, I became very interested in truth and in evidence. And as a Christian, I want to be able to bring truth into the workplace, into my workplace profession. So I've done that in a number of ways. But one, I volunteered some of my time over the years working for an organization called Alliance Defending Freedom as mm-hmm. an allied attorney. And so we have provided pro bono legal services to people who have been persecuted because of their religious faith in the workplace. Uh, also, we're instrumental in doing some debates and different presentations. I've spoken at law schools on the issue of traditional marriage. Of course, we're, we kind of know where we are in that battle right now. We're, we're losing ground, but you know what? The, the boat hasn't sunk well, yet. We so lost ground because we didn't talk about it in the Four Walls Church. We lost ground because nobody talked about it. That's and, right. I mean, Christ followers don't know how to even defend marriage. They don't, right. they don't know how to defend the covenant of marriage. Oh, don't, i got to step off that soapbox quickly. All right, so talk to me as an attorney. Mm-hmm. How does your faith impact your workplace? Because it's a pretty volatile, toxic place towards Christianity. It is. Well, in the first place, as a litigation attorney, I have found that it's becoming more challenging to get justice, I'll say biblical justice, in the court system. So I have started diverting a lot of my professional experience and time into mediation and Christian conciliation, especially 1 Corinthians 6, where it talks about believers should not be suing other believers in the secular courts. There ought to be another mechanism of going before wise Christian uh, counselors, mediators, arbitrators, to help Christians solve their disputes. And so that's one of the things I've been doing. Um, But I, I work with Christians and non-Christians, and so I definitely want to give a very different picture of attorneys from what people typically expect. People typically expect them to be greedy, uh, self-serving, and really self-motivated, and so I want to give a a very different approach to that. We we all know, we all know, I've had some incredible attorneys on this show, from criminal defense attorneys to personal injury attorneys who love Jesus, so we know, we know there's hope for the legal profession. We absolutely do. So as the president of Women in Apologetics, how has Women in Apologetics helped strengthen your resolve to not only live out your faith in your work, but also to defend and lead others to faith in Christ? I'm really glad you asked me that, Jim, because as a woman who's a Christian and a professional, I've been doing Bible studies for a long time. I love Bible studies. I love connecting with other women. I love searching the Scripture. In fact, I start every day in the Word, because if we're not grounded in the Word, we're not going to be able to recognize the truth and the lies in the world around us. So you have to start every day in the Word. But I realize that it's just not quite enough to be able to have my own personal Bible study time. I have to be engaging people out in the world and answering their tough questions so that when someone who I'm working with asks me, why do you believe Christianity is true? Or don't you think the Bible has been changed over the years? Or isn't really Jesus just a myth? He didn't really exist. Or if there is a good God and he's all-powerful, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? If I can't answer these difficult questions for people who are asking me, I'm not going to be able to defend my faith. And my own faith can be rocked because of that as well. So apologetics does two things. One, it helps me be bolstered and have confidence in my faith. And two, in doing so, it helps me to be able to explain the reasons why I believe Christianity is true, why I believe Jesus really was a person who really walked on this earth, who was God in the flesh, and who actually did die for our sins and rose again, and provides 
a way for us to be reconciled to God so that we can have eternal life with him. How often, Lori Stewart, do you get to have conversations like that with the the people behind the rails, the other attorneys? How often do you get to engage them in conversations about faith? Oh, gosh, well, as often as it comes up, you know, First Peter 3.15 says we need to be prepared to have give other people reasons for why we believe what we do. And uh, I recently worked on a, a very big trial uh, here in Iowa where I'm living right now. My husband and I are both from California, but we're living in Iowa right now. And I had a very large case, and I, I worked with a, a phenomenal attorney co- co-worker who is not a Christian, but I respect her professional skills immensely. And through just the course of our working together to prepare for this trial and work through through the trial together, she noticed that I was a little bit different in the way I did things. And so she started asking me questions. And through her questions, I was able to provide her answers. And it got her thinking a little bit about her own upbringing in the Catholic Church and where she thinks about her faith today, what, what she believes to be true. So, you, you know, First Peter 3.15 says we need to be ready. And if we're not living a life that looks different from the world, people are not going to ask us questions about right why we're Christian and why we do things the way we do. Wow. We could go on and on and on, but we've got other callers calling in. But I want to thank you for your leadership in Women Apologetics. We're going to get back to Rachel Shockey, but thank you, Lori Stewart, for sharing a little bit of your heart today. And maybe we could do a follow-up on this one from Iowa, an attorney from Iowa. love that because my daughter lives in Iowa, so I love Iowa. It's a great Well, Which part of Iowa are you from? Uh, I'm actually at Lake Panorama right now. I have no idea where that is, and I grew up in Minnesota. That doesn't even ring a bell. It is a hidden gem. We'll have to talk more. Uh, that's right. Good. Thank you very much, Lori Store, for calling in. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Rachel, I can see why you like working for this organization oh, yeah. of Season Charts. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. How much fun is that? All right, I want to just get people, who should be getting involved in Women in Apologetics? I mean, this organization is for whom? Uh, every woman. So it's for women who are already in apologetics, or maybe they're, they just kind of got their feet wet in apologetics, or people who have never heard of apologetics at all. We have resources for um, every woman. And, you know, we're always learning as Christians, right? We're never we done. Be. Right. We're never done learning. So if you've been in apologetics for years, if you're a leader in apologetics, you can still find value in the resources that we have on our website. Um, and, you know, we pull resources from all kinds of ministries that are uh, and they're resources that are produced by women. So we've got podcasts, we've got videos, we've got articles, um, but all of them are, are really valuable. And because it's designed by women, everything is interconnected because they've yep. got, they think, yes, everything is interconnected. Okay, here's hot, a hot apologetic topic number one. What, what's one, In two minutes or less, bring up the hottest apologetics topic that we can solve in two minutes. Mm, the hottest topic that we can solve. Well, I mean, the most important topic is the resurrection. All right, go. Okay, the Apostle Paul said, right, that the the Christian faith hangs, right, on a thread. It's um, useless if Christ yeah, doesn't raise from the dead. He it's, said it, right. it's useless, and you should be pitied for your faith. If you, So there, um, there are a couple really good uh, approaches that you can go with this, with the resurrection. You can either talk to people about the different theories, right? People to have different theories. Okay, there's the spoon theory. Uh, there's the theory that somebody stole the body, right? There are all kinds of responses you can give to these. They're, they're great responses. You can find some of those on our website. Um, but uh, basically, uh, one of the best responses you can give is actually, okay, if if the apostles were lying, right, why would they willingly die for something that they knew was false? Why would they? Why would you give your life for something that you knew was false? Very few people would do that. Right. And and the I think one of the kind of the ace up our sleeves, so to speak, is the Apostle Paul. Here's a guy that was persecuting Christians. He was hunting them down and persecuting them. 
And this is an intelligent man, right? He he was a super um, intelligent. Yeah, super intelligent. Probably even smarter than you. <laughs> Definitely smarter than me. And he uh, had this absolutely amazing transformation where all of a sudden he goes from persecuting Christians to being like the just number sold one defender Jesus. of the faith. Absolutely. How can you explain that other than that Jesus really did die? And rise from the dead. And appear to him on the road to Damascus. And appear to him on the road. That's right. And there is so much more there. And I learned a lot of that, that defense, from reading The Case for Christ last year. Yeah, because that's a great I, book. before I had Lee Strobel on the air. And, and that was all of his research. Yeah. That was fantastic. All right, talking apologetics today. In fact, we're talking women in apologetics, as we know that more than 50% of the audience is ladies from all walks of life, from all ages in life. Listening to the show today, we wanted to make sure we brought out a resource that was designed specifically for you to learn how to defend your faith. Women in apologetics.com women in apologetics.com or on facebook women in apologetics women in apologetics and if you don't know how to spell apologetics just type it in on the google just ask the google it'll tell you the google is power actually if you have an alexa or hey alexa spell apologetics did that just interrupt anybody's broadcast if you can remember the name (laughs) (laughs) alexa or what's the other one echo I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't have one of those. Don't buy me one either. In case you love, I work for him. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Send me a book. Don't do that. Okay, Rachel Shockey. As we're talking about, and right here in Tampa Bay, what's your role here in Tampa Bay with women in apologetics? Well, I'm, that's just where I'm based, but we basically do everything online. So, so yeah. what's your role? Oh, my role though your within role. women in apologetics. I'm yes, the director. here in Tampa Bay, yeah. your role. Yeah, because direct- you are in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yes, the lovely Tampa Bay. Um. I'm the director of development, so I'm in charge of all of our spearheading. I uh, do our website uh, designing and graphic designing and copywriting, all that, uh, mostly because we have two people right now that are volunteering um, in those roles. So, And I'm also our chairperson. So it's really pretty – it's a very small organization, but mm-hmm. doing a big work. Yes. Got it. Womenandapologetics.com. Okay. Hot apologetics topic number two. If the God is really a great God, why is there so much evil and suffering? Mm, that is a really big topic. Um, you got and, one minute to okay. answer. Well, so one of my professors, Clay Jones, just came out with a great book. I know this is uh, we're trying to promote women, but here's a great book. It's called Why Does God Allow Evil? Clay Jones, pick it up today. It is amazing. That class transformed my life. Um, so one of the things that he talks about in his class, right, is we need to properly understand the depravity of man. Most people think, oh, I'm a good person, Right. The Bible even tells us there is no good person, right? The only person that's good is God, right? So we are doers of good deeds, but that does not make us good people. Right. So we need to understand that we are we are depraved. We are. So we can start from the ba- the right basis the basics, of the conversation right. because people are thinking, well, we, I'm starting from a good perspective, mm-hmm. but really we're evil. All right, we're gonna pick that up. Okay. But we got to take a break here because we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Cynthia Hampton. She's the treasurer for Women in Apologetics. Mm-hmm. She's also an accountant. And she's got us, right? Yep, yep, All right. Cynthia, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, thank you very much. Thanks. for. I really appreciate you coming on. Really want to hear some of your stories. So talk on, on a daily basis. What does your workplace, your daily ministry place look like? Well, I work for local area government. I work for um, the county uh, office of education in in Los Angeles, and um, I do get to meet a lot of people. A lot of people who work for uh, school districts, and uh, basically in my accounting and school financial services department. And people know that I'm a Christian. People know that I know a lot about the Bible, and I'm kind of the go-to person. Uh, they'll say, "Oh, well, Cynthia probably knows about that, so let's go ask her." 
So uh, that's kind of the thing. Or, you know, someone needs prayer, so they'll ask me. Uh, so many times uh, they come to me because they know uh, that I know quite a bit about the Bible and that I'm also an ex-cult member. I used to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses, got out in 1980, and um, people know my story. All right, I'm going to have Jose check your connection here really quick while we're talking. That's an incredible story, the, the former Jehovah Witness. Can, Cynthia, can you hear me okay? Or, or I can hear you just fine. Okay, all right, started going out there for a second. All right, must have fixed this up. Okay, so talk about that. Was it something in apologetics that drew you then out into the truth, drew you away from Jehovah Witness, uh, that cult, into being a Christ follower? Was there something in apologetics, something that, that taught you, hey, what, that's not where I'm at, it's not really the truth? How did that work? Well, it was because another friend uh, or friend had gotten out of the watchtower, and uh, she had started going to church. And uh, I met her at a church because I had been invited uh, after I left the watchtower, and she started to show me what was wrong with the watchtower. And some of the stuff that she was learning she had gotten from another relative who had also been listening to Walter Martin. And then I uh, moved to California uh, just after that, I started finding Walter Martin on the radio on the Bible Answer Man and listened to him religiously every single day, bought Kingdom of the Cults, and as I entrenched myself in as much p- apologetics as I could during uh, the 1980s, and um, that's where my interest in apologetics started with Walter Martin. So what's been the number one impact on your life because of being involved in women in apologetics, how is that impacting your life on a day-to-day basis as at working in the accounting world for the for the county of Los Angeles in the school system? How does that how does being involved in women in apologetics empower you to be a better employee, be a better leader, and, and to be a more effective Christ follower? Well, I think that I well, you know, and, and just basically because I'm a Christian, I have um really relied on the Holy Spirit to to guide me. And uh, people know who I am, you know, they, they understand, you know, where I come from, and that they can trust me, and that even, even just in my, my daily, you know, work habits and, you know, the things I get done around the office, you know, they know they can give me something to do. I'm going to do it, and everything's going to be do, done um, to the best of my ability and pretty perfectly right. uh, because, I, you know, they can trust me that I am honest and that I always strive to do the best job that I can. So I'm everybody knows me as a trustworthy person. So that excellence that you demonstrate in your workplace on a daily basis attracts people just like it. it, it just, I mean, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly. We talk about that on the, I work for him nation all the time, that it's our excellence. That is as Christ followers, we should be the absolute best person in our position in our workplace, demonstrating excellence all the time. So here's the last question for you then, Cynthia. When when you look at your move away from being a Jehovah Witness to, to being a Christ follower, was there a specific topic that somebody had to walk you through in order to, like like an apologetic topic, something that you just didn't understand because you'd been twisted by the Jehovah Witness faith, one thing that somebody walked you through and you, like your eyes opened up and said, wow. That's going to make a difference. That's a changer. I think the topic that was the most difficult for me from going from Jehovah's Witnesses to Christianity was the Trinity. And I read a book, uh, I read several books by 
you know, Rob Bowman, and uh, and a lot of what he wrote really opened up my eyes because I had no idea how to explain the Trinity or how the Trinity worked, and so I made it my objective <laughs> at that time to really understand the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how they uh, work as, as one, yet they are all um, individual uh, personages. And and so that probably was the, the most important thing, hmm. uh, I learning love... the nature of God as the Trinity. Yeah, I'm still working on learning the nature of God. I mean, that's one of those things, really, to say that we're learning the nature of God. Wow. I mean, I can't wait. to One day we will understand it. But boy, between now and then, just to be able to have just a little piece, a, a, a grain of sand of understanding of the nature of God would be incredible. Cynthia Hampton, thank you so much for calling in from California and for sharing just a little bit about the impact of women in apologetics. And thank you so much for calling in today. And thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So, Rachel, why should women get involved in women in apologetics? Well, I think it's pretty clear to a lot of people that we're lacking women in leadership roles <laughs> and in the field of apologetics is pretty much just men, but we need more women speaking into this topic because, you know, first of all, women can associate or um, how do I say this? They can relate to other women. Right. And then most women are mothers. Okay. Or their aunts or grandmothers, right. They're involved in the lives of children. As you said earlier in the show, you know, these are the people that are influencing our kids. Yeah, every all day. children have come from a mother. Right. And almost all children have been raised by a mother right. under the influence of a mother who's taught right. them how to walk and to do all right. kinds of other assorted things. Right. And so we need more women. We need to add more women to this conversation. There are already a lot of great women who, who have been doing work in apologetics. You know, a couple, couple names that come to mind are Nancy Piercy, um, Amy Orewing. She's uh, Amy's from um, the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics. She's, she's the director there. It's a partnership between Oxford University and Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Um, and then we have Mary Jo Sharp, who's actually going to be at our upcoming conference here in a few weeks. Um, these are some of the women that have been doing work in apologetics for a while, um, particularly those first two. And then there's other women in different organizations. Um, but we need more women uh, because here's the thing is, remember, we're all supposed to be equipped in apologetics, not just men. So one of the ways we can encourage women is by, you know, uh, basically educating them, right? And then they can go and educate more women. So we're, we're compounding this effect. It's called discipleship. That's right. All right and, and, you, and people are going to go, but wait a minute, where does the Bible say that I need to be equipped in apologetics? We are all to be equipped in defending the faith. Right. And people need to understand apologetics. That's what that means. Right. All right. So you just mentioned something. You kind of threw that out there. You've got an upcoming conference. Right. An apologetics conference. Correct. So can a normal person with an average IQ get something out of an apologetics? Absolutely. That sounds absolutely mind-bending to me. It is it is going to be amazing. And this is actually the first conference that I've ever been to, um, one that's not at a church, of course, where we actually worship. And we're going to have a mini concert as well. But there are going to be lots of, um, I think there's 12 breakout sessions uh, four keynotes, and they're all on pertinent topics. So we're going to even have one on um, how the arts cry out, how you know, uh, how the arts basically can like lead us to God. Um, we're going to have some on archaeology um, and mm. and uh, the resurrection. Of course, that's an important topic. And tolerance. Um, how do we deal with tolerance? This this is a big hot topic in the world today. So um, these are kind of things that are going to be uh, brought up at the conference. And yes, anyone. Even if you've never heard of apologetics before and this is your first conference, come. Where's it, where's it at? So it's in La Mirada, it's, uh, that, which is in California. Uh, it's at Biola University. But we are going to be live streaming the four keynotes, the um, three worship times, 
and the mini uh, mini concert. So the registration for that should be up soon. So if they go online to womenandapologetics.com, there's a 2018 Women in Apologetics Conference tab, right? Yes, that's correct. All right, so they can find out more information yep, there on absolutely. your womenandapologetics.com website. Yes, and on our Facebook page. All right, yep. so the, the second half of the answer then, why does God allow evil and suffering in our world? You've got another 45 seconds. Okay, so remember we talked about original sin, right? That we're And we're talking about how we're, not we're good. all... That's right, we're not good. Okay, so because we're not good and God wants us to have free will, right? Free will is I can choose to do things right um, and I can choose to do good, but I can choose to do evil. And we did. So God allowed us to choose to do evil, to turn away from him. Right, we're so, not robots. So the evil that we see in the world is a result of us, not God. It's a result of us. That's... These are like brief responses to this really big question, but there's even more. So, um, but yeah, I mean, original sin, looking at us and how we're the ones that are depraved, we chose to sin. And if we're asking God to remove evil from our lives, we're asking him to basically interject in our free will. Talking women and apologetics. You may ask, hey, Jim, why are we talking about this on a workplace ministry show? People. We need to know how to defend our faith. This is an organization, womenandapologetics.com. This is an organization designed for you ladies to come together, learn from each other, and how to defend our faith, no matter what your workplace looks like. There may be ladies listening today that right now have chosen to stay home and raise their kids. Really, one of the most important, actually, the most important job ever given to anybody raising children. Because apologetics is good for you because you need to teach your kids how to defend their faith. The, the earlier we train our kids, the better off they will be so they can learn it. Uh, I, I'm not, I can't defend that. I, I just, I didn't get a chance to stay home. But Martha did it. She did a phenomenal job. All right. We're talking women and apologetics. We got Rachel Shockey in the studio with us. But right now we're going to take a break and we're going to talk to Jade Turner. She's also involved in women and apologetics. Jade, welcome to our work for him. Hi, thank you, Jim, for having me. All right, so here's a question, Jade. We'll jump right into it. How is your faith in the? I know right now you're part of the Women in Apologetics organization, right? As yes, okay, all right. Well, have you had a job outside of Women in Apologetics? Um, not really. So I graduated um, alongside my husband. We both have our masters of arts in Christian apologetics. We graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and pretty soon after I graduated, um, I got in touch with a woman who. Um, was doing apologetics ministry. Her name's Sarah Renee. She's an amazing uh, mom and woman and apologist. And she sort of handed over um, her apologetics ministry to Rachel and I. And um, we were just like, sure, we can update this website. We can um, post what women in apologetics are writing. And it has just blown up. Um, God has just poured out his blessing on us, bringing to us people who can help us. And, I mean, we, we started planning a conference last July, and it's happening in just a couple of weeks. It's been Very exciting. That's amazing. right. So what is it about apologetics that really gets you excited? Oh, man, it, it revolutionized my faith. Um, as a teenager, I, I was a Christian, um, and my parents, who are also Christians, they began um, getting involved in street witnessing and open-air preaching, um, and they had to use apologetics to explain to the general population why Christianity was true and why they believed what they did. And um, I, it made me so excited to hear their rational, compelling answers to questions that people asked over and over. Um, so I began to say apologetics for myself and would eventually go on to um, study it in grad school. And, and it's completely given me a confident faith, a faith that I'm grounded in, even when my emotions go awry, um, even when I hear objections, I know what I believe is true because of my studies in apologetics. So why 
do you think it's important for women to be able to defend their faith? I mean, we, have, we don't have a history in this country, uh, and certainly really within Christianity, of equipping women to defend the faith. Most of the time we've leaned that on the shoulders of men. Why do you think it's important that we're doing this with women? Well, every believer should learn how to share their faith, and of course, lots of women are believers. Um, and each woman has their own circle of influence, their families, their friends. Um, and everyone who's a Christian in today's culture where Christianity is being attacked, um, every believer, including women, should be able to defend their faith and be able to teach, like Rachel said, their children or um, their other family members, be able to disciple the people in their lives um, to defend their faith rather than um, just sort of loving God with their hearts, which, of course, is so important. And we should study and and strive to be personally obedient and um, and do Bible studies. Um, but we need to love God with our minds um, and be able to demonstrate that our faith um, stands true and can stand um, can stand the attacks that it's under today. What is the biggest thing you've seen the Lord do through your ministry, the Women in Apologetics? How have you? What can you think of one woman who has gotten involved and you've seen their life turned upside down because of and, and a, right side up? How about that? Right side up. Um, Can I count as myself? Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So I, as a student at NOBTS, um, I loved my apologetics program, um, but I only knew of two other women in my program. I was the only one in my graduating class. Um, And I, I, of course, I loved apologetics, and I loved discussing it with my my husband and our male friends and such. But um, when I began to get involved with women in apologetics and meet um, talk to other women who are like-minded, like me. It just has done so much for my heart and um, for my passion for apologetics. I mean, um, it's great talking with men who love apologetics, um, but to meet other women who maybe feel like they're underrepresented or don't have as much of a platform, um, things that I could relate to, um, it just got me so excited and excited to give um, these brilliant women who are doing amazing apologetics work um, to give them a platform through our website and through our conference. Um, and so my my spirit has just been so reju- rejuvenated um, through working with women in apologetics. Wow, Jade, thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks so much for calling into I Work for him. Jade Turner, thank you today. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Bye. All right. So, Rachel, this women need to get involved in women in apologetics. I mean, yes. This is this is an organization that every Christ following woman that's listening today can really benefit from. Isn't yes, that true? Absolutely. And there's is is it, is there kind of like gradients of learning within apologetics? Because I mean, some of the topics I know get pretty hefty. But when you go to your website, can somebody just start reading and learning right away? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there are obviously books out there that are going to be more academic. Uh, minded. So <laughs> there are books that I'll read that I, I don't know what I just read and I have to reread it. <laughs> I'm, but the things that we try to do um, as Christian, what we should try to do as Christians is we should make our apologetics um, relatable. We should make it understandable to everyone. Um, so, you know, while there is a place for doing, you know, academic apologetics, right, and producing scholarly work, and there are people that are doing that. And that's all great stuff, but that's most of us stuff. don't go there. Correct, right. And and a lot of us don't have time to get into that. We just need to understand something. So, yeah. Because yeah, re- we're binge watching on Netflix. <laughs> we don't have time for that stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, did that this week, too. <laughs> So, yeah, so going on to Women Apologetics' site is a great place to just kind of jump right in and get your, get your feet wet. And what makes it different teaching women apologetics versus men? Hmm. Well, so, you know, we're both 
we're made in the image of God, right? Uh, last so, I checked, yes. And, and God has gift, uniquely gifted us. Uh, so women can add something to the conversation that, that men uh, can't. You know, first of all, our experiences being women, um, but also um, women tend to be uh, can be more compassionate and, and loving in the way that they uh give uh, the reasons for why they believe. Um, and when they're talking with people, right, they're not just looking or considering the question, but they're looking at the person behind the question. And maybe some of the reasons that has led someone to have intellectual doubts. Most of the time, uh, for a lot of people, uh, there are emotional doubts that have led them to those intellectual doubts. And so women have a way of, of gently being able to, to kind of probe and, and find out more. Um, and that I, that I don't know that, um, Men are as gifted. So in you're, you're so. saying the difference between warrior and nurturer. Yeah. That makes, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, and, and that's a whole other conversation, but it really is important for us to understand that God created Adam and Eve in his image, mm-hmm. but together they represent God separate. Right. They are very different beings, men right. and women. Okay. Your third favorite, favorite uh, apologetic topic. First, you said the resurrection. Then I, I brought on the evil and, and suffering. What's your third one that you, in, in two minutes or less, defend the third most brought up topic Oh, well, that would be uh, naturalism. I love talking about um, uh, nominalism in particular, which is uh, talking about, um, you know, uh, is everything just uh, physical? So naturalists will say, uh, I only believe in what I can, in the five senses, right? Whatever I can experience with the five senses. Um, As Christians, we say that God is in the metaphysical realm. He's basically in the realm where we can't we can't touch it, we can't see it, right? Um, so how do we defend that as Christians? Um, so and this is actually um, something since the Enlightenment has been a major problem within our church. And I think it's one of the number one reasons that's led um, the youth out of our church. You know, we have this massive youth exodus that is unprecedented in our church today, and I think one of the reasons is because of this church. Uh, uh, or sorry, this uh, fact value split is what we call it from the enlightenment period where we basically said, okay, well, here are the facts. That's all of science, right? And then you have the values, the moral things, right? Like why ought I do something? Um, So science will tell us what something is like, this is a piece of paper. This is a desk, but it won't tell us why um, I should love my neighbor, why I should uh, think that always torturing children is wrong, right? So we have to be able to explain as Christians why we believe uh, in objective morals. Uh, and this is the thing that naturalism can't explain. They can't explain these uh, seemingly universal objective morals. Like, why is this always wrong? Why is this right? Why do we cry out against evil, right? So and the universal moral structure is really something that that is a great way to defend faith. Absolutely. It's common it's, through all cultures. It is one of my favorite arguments, uh, the uh, morals is. And so basically we have to be able to say, okay, if there uh, is evil in the world, then there obviously is good. But in order to have an objective standard by which we base something to judge whether or not it's good or evil, we have to have an objective, perfect objective standard. There is no one on this earth that meets that criteria. The only person is God. You can find lots more of those conversations on the website, womeninapologetics.com, womeninapologetics.com. Rachel, there's so much we could have talked about today. You did a great job presenting this. Tell people really quick why they should get involved immediately, like 10 seconds. Why should they get involved with Women in Apologetics? If you love God and you love people and you want to see them come to Christ, get involved and start getting studying apologetics. Womeninapologetics.com. Thank you, Rachel Shockey. Thank you for having me. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Great. Check it out online or on Facebook, Women in Apologetics. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. You know, our mission is clear. We need to work hard. We need to play hard. We need to pray harder. 
We need to introduce all those we work with and live alongside to the freedom we have in Jesus. It's about intentionality. It's about being willing to say every day, I work for Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I Work the number four, him.com.